The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is The Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 191. This week, it's the 2020 Year in Review. A couple pieces of podcast business to get out of the way before we begin. The first is that I am now doing both free and paid podcasts. I will explain. As for the free podcasts that you will still find on whatever podcasting platform that you're listening to me on, I will still be doing the daily music history today for whatever date that is, January 10th, 11th, whichever podcast date that is. That is 365 days a year, 366 if it's a leap year. Hello 2024 when that'll happen again. I will also still be doing the weekly edition podcast and the EDM podcast for free. You can find them on, again, whatever you're listening to me on right at this moment. There will also be a free Friday podcast that I will post every Friday, which will be a podcast highlights podcast where I take some segments from the past week's podcasts along with giving a preview of some upcoming podcasts. Those will all still be for free on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, all that fun stuff. Now for the paid part. I have started a Patreon page where I have a couple of tiers at the moment. May end up doing some more down the road. Tier 1 gives you the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the weekly edition podcast, and also the EDM podcast, along with a minimum of four extra podcasts per month. Those podcasts on that tier will be the Top Albums Podcast, the Top Singles Podcast, and the Top Dance Songs Podcast, along with the Music Halls of Fame Podcast that I used to put out for free that dropped every Thursday. It will now be moving to this tier and will also be a monthly podcast, no longer a weekly one. This tier will cost $5 U.S. per month. There may also be another special podcast added for that tier. It depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month. That's a minimum of 10 podcasts per week, with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Wednesday, technically. For tier two... 
you will get the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the weekly edition podcast and the EDM podcast, along with all that paid podcast stuff that I just said on Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least four additional podcasts per month. That tier is $10 per month. The additional podcasts on that tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. I am also going to be adding another monthly podcast to that tier called Music's WTF Moments podcast, where I look at some of the most controversial, sad, and strangest moments in music history. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will be added to that tier as well and will still be a weekly podcast for that one. Much like Tier 1, it all depends on the month, but those podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. That's a minimum of 12 podcasts a week with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Friday for most weeks. As far as OnlyFans go, that will become a $10 per month subscription, which will have the Tier 2 podcast, pretty much everything that I just said, will show up on OnlyFans for $10 per month. I will post the links to all of that in the show notes below. There is one other piece of business that concerns this particular podcast that you're listening to right now. This podcast is going to be the 2020 year in review for the most part. There is going to be some news as always, and there's going to be the regular charts for this past week. But the other segments that you're used to are going to be the year in review where we're going over the top uh, albums and singles for 2020, along with an in-memoriam section for those who lost their lives to COVID-19 in the industry. We will get back to a regular edition of this podcast next week, so you'll get the usual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame segment, etc., etc. That will be next week. This week, 2020's Year in Review, as got awful a year as it was for most people. Also, even though the vast majority of this podcast will be the 2020 year in review, the in memoriam segment is so large for 2020. I mean, it is extraordinarily large. Some of that is actually due to COVID-19. A lot of it though is not. There were just a lot of people who passed away last year and not from COVID. So, we decided to do two other podcasts just to take care of those who we lost in 2020 and to properly pay tribute to all of them because they deserve it. Those podcasts will drop on Wednesday, January 6th and Thursday, January 7th. So, this week, you're going to get two extra free podcasts. Again, 
don't get offended, please, that I'm not going to put every single passing in 2020 in this particular podcast, and I'm not going to be mentioning Neil Peart, Kenny Rogers, or Eddie Van Halen in today's podcast, mainly because they and a lot of others didn't pass away from COVID. Today's podcast is going to have the COVID-related ones. Neil, Kenny, Eddie, and all of the others are going to be in the other podcasts that drop on Wednesday and Thursday because their passings mean that much, and there were many, many passings in 2020. Like I said, though, we will be paying tribute to those who passed away from COVID-19 later in this podcast, though. And as always, let's get the official things out of the way, because as always, some of the music for this podcast was written and produced by songwriter and producer Hey Joe C. You can find the full versions of her songs that are played here, along with the rest of her music on her SoundCloud. She's also a model, has an Instagram and a Patreon, so just click the links to all of her projects in this podcast show notes. On to the news, of which there was a little bit of it, not a whole lot, but there was a little, and there were, unfortunately, a lot of passings this past week. Let's start with sort of the comical and stupid. Little Pump, or as Donald Trump calls him, Little Pimp. <laughs> oh, I always get a kick out of that. That's just, I mean, if you're supporting a guy, how can you support a guy who doesn't even get your name right? Anyway, Lil Pump has been banned from flying on JetBlue Airlines after he repeatedly refused to wear a mask. They just booted him right off the plane and said, you are banned for life. Literally, for life. In better news, singer Craig David has been made a member of the British Empire by Queen Elizabeth. Congratulations to him. Rapper Master P and former basketball player Baron Davis are in talks to buy Reebok from Adidas. I hope they get it. That's just, that's awesome. Ticketmaster will pay a $10 million fine after the Department of Justice said that Ticketmaster repeatedly hacked into rival Songkick's computers. This was on top of the $110 million that they had already agreed to pay to Songkick from a lawsuit that Songkick had brought against them. Countries celebrated New Year's Eve with official muted celebrations. France didn't even have their usual fireworks display at the Eiffel Tower. Meanwhile, though, their population celebrated with illegal raves. Shocking. Thousands of people, for instance, gathered at one illegal rave in northern France. There were hundreds of illegal raves in Great Britain, and in San Diego, California, at least five people were injured when a warehouse deck collapsed during an illegal rave. However, this past week saw some passings. Rest in peace to Tony Rice. Tony was a bluegrass music great who was quite possibly the most influential acoustic guitar player of the past half century. Tony also won a Grammy Award and was inducted into the International Bluegrass Music Association Hall of Fame. Tony's cause of death was not announced. 
Tony Rice was 69. Rest in peace to Armando Manzanero. Armando was a legendary Mexican composer and singer who wrote over 600 songs and had them covered by artists such as Perry Como, Dionne Warwick, and Elvis Presley. Armando won a Latin Grammy Award in 2001 and a Lifetime Achievement Grammy in 2014, becoming the first Mexican artist to get the award. Armando passed away from COVID-19. Armando Manzanero was 85. Rest in peace to Alto Reed. Alto was the saxophonist for Bob Seger in the Silver Bullet Band. That's his saxophone that you actually hear on Seeger's songs Turn the Page and Old Time Rock and Roll. Alto Reed passed away from colon cancer. Alto Reed was 72. Rest in peace to MF Doom. Doom, whose real name was Daniel DeMille, was a rapper known for his intricate yet complicated style of hip-hop and also for his signature Spartan-styled mask. Doom's death was announced by his wife on New Year's Eve, although it was also announced by his wife that he actually died two months earlier on Halloween. Doom's cause of death was not announced, however. MF Doom was 49. Rest in peace to Phyllis McGuire. Phyllis was the last surviving member of the legendary McGuire sisters. The McGuire sisters were one of the biggest female musical acts of the standards era, with hits like Sincerely, Sugar Time, Good Night, Sweetheart, Good Night, and Something's Gotta Give. She was also known for her long-term love affair with mobster Sam Giancana. Phyllis's cause of death was not announced. Phyllis McGuire was 89 years old. Rest in peace to David Romano. David was a Broadway tenor who appeared in The Phantom of the Opera. He was also a famous vocal coach whose influence extended to singers Josh Groban and Sarah Brightman. David's cause of death was not announced, although it is known that he was suffering from a heart ailment at the time. David Romano was 69 years old. And rest in peace to Liam Riley. Liam was the lead singer of the Irish band Bagatelle. Liam represented Ireland in the 1990 Eurovision Song Competition with the song Somewhere in Europe. He finished second that year. Liam's cause of death was not announced. Liam Riley was 65 years old. The year was 2020. When you think about it, the only things missing from this dumpster fire of an Armageddon of a year were killer nukes, killer zombies, and killer asteroids. Everything else in the apocalypse scenario was pretty much covered. 2020 was dominated by three stories that were all, in one way or another, intertwined. The big story that affected the other two was the COVID-19 pandemic. 
The original Flashpoint was in China. Then, as it went through the rest of Asia, the Western world looked upon it with fascination. Sure, that much like epidemics before it, like SARS and whatnot, that it would and could be contained, for the most part. Most Western countries didn't even take it seriously. Some even called it a hoax, or said that it would all go away, like a miracle. In America, all of that happened. The evening of March 11th would be the time that America would finally wake up. In two hours that evening, people found out that actor Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, contracted the virus. Then, a basketball game was canceled when it was found out that player Rudy Gobert tested positive for the virus, now at this point called COVID-19, the 19 being the year that it was discovered, not the 19th COVID virus. Then, a travel ban was put in place, which had holes in it, to be sure, but still was put in place. By then, though, the damage was done, as the virus had already started to work its way through the population for at least three months beforehand until it finally exploded. Businesses shut down as the world ground to a halt. Most states instituted lockdowns. Life as we knew it stopped for more than a few months before sputtering back and forth to life, shutting down in parts, coming back up in parts, but never quite back to quote-unquote normal. By the end of 2020, almost 350,000 people in America alone passed away from COVID-19. There was, however, a light at the end of a really dark tunnel as at least three different vaccines were approved by year's end. An event that happened while people were in lockdown was the death of rapper George Floyd, who was murdered when a police officer kneeled on his neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds while George was handcuffed choking him to death. That, along with all the other deaths at the hands of police and other people, along with people calling the police on black people for doing things like bird watching in New York City in Central Park, led to massive worldwide protests and also led people to re-examine racial discrimination in the world. All of this because while people were in lockdown, they watched the video of George Floyd dying. Confederate flags and statues were taken down. Racially insensitive mascots were changed. People who had a history of making racial remarks lost their jobs or were forced to resign, including media companies. Musicians supported the movement by stopping online music for a day called Music Blackout. Personally, I figured that it would have been better if people had actually played music by black artists that day so that those artists could get some royalties, but that apparently was just me. Meanwhile, 
there was a presidential election to run in America. Primaries and the general election relied on mail-in ballots for people who couldn't get to the polls. Donald Trump won the Republican nomination as he had squashed all rivals when the Republican National Committee decided that Trump was the one and only nominee and no one else would get any help if they chose to go up against him. On the Democratic side, after nearly crashing out in the early primaries, Joe Biden won the Democratic nomination. What can only be described as the strangest election season in recent history, complete with Donald Trump getting the virus but recovering within a week, as far as we know, while one party staged socially distanced campaign events and rallies, the other party made fun of people wearing masks and held large rallies, helping to spread the disease to its supporters and also to the White House staff. In the end, Joe Biden won the presidential election, while Donald Trump refused to accept the loss and instead alleged election fraud, despite never showing any proof in court when asked to show the proof by the judges, some of whom he had had appointed himself. 2020 was also the year of the busiest hurricane season on record as 30 named storms developed so many that they actually went into the Greek alphabet to name them. An earthquake leveled parts of Croatia. Wildfires devastated parts of the western states like California and Colorado and also Australia, and a chemical explosion wiped out a good chunk of Beirut, Lebanon. Unfortunately, with this year came a lot of death. We will do the music deaths actually in another segment because they are worth giving respect to separately. However, 2020 set a record for deaths in America as over 3 million people passed away, the highest number since the 1918 pandemic. Add to that a bombing in Nashville, Tennessee, by a guy who wanted to stop AT&T from using 5G technology because he believed that it would lead to world destruction. In doing this, he committed suicide by blowing himself up in an RV and leveled four blocks of downtown Nashville in the process. When I say that the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory crowd is dangerous, I really mean that they're dangerous. As far as music went, 2020 was the year that musicians stopped touring and festivals were shuttered. Some musicians found a way to keep their fan bases without touring. Some even gained new fans by embracing live streaming. Sophie Tucker, for instance, started doing a daily DJ live stream that gained them a new fan base that had never heard their music before, but had time because they were all in lockdown. 
Music Festival Company Insomniac used their Twitch and YouTube channels, which showed, which used to show archive footage of their festivals, to instead put on virtual festivals just about every weekend, in fact. Twitch actually saw a major influx of streamers as DJs ran to the streaming site to try to make some money by doing DJ live streams. What once was, and still sort of is, made fun of, the bedroom DJ, suddenly became a necessity for a lot of DJs. Some musicians started Instagram Live podcasts. Miley Cyrus even won awards for hers. Otherwise, musicians hunkered down and tried to create as best they could. and the best from 2020 on the charts. The vast majority will be from the granddaddy of all charts, Billboard. Billboard's top artist of 2020 was Post Malone. Top duo or group was BTS. Top female artist, Taylor Swift. Top male artist, Post Malone. Top new artist, Roddy Rich. The top album of 2020 was Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding. Top single was The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top social media artist was BTS. Top overall artist was Post Malone. Top streaming song was Roddy Rich's The Box. Roddy Rich was also the top streaming artist. The top radio artist was The Weeknd. Top radio song was Post Malone's Circles. Top digital sales artist was BTS. Top digital sales song was BTS's Dynamite. Top sales album and top current sales album of 2020 was Taylor Swift's Folklore. Top catalog artist was The Beatles. Top catalog album sales, though, Queens' Greatest Hits. Top independent artist was Bad Bunny. Top independent album was Bad Bunny's Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G. Top vinyl album, Billie Eilish, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? Top pop song artist was The Weeknd. Top pop song, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights. Top adult contemporary artist, Maroon 5. Top adult contemporary song, Maroon 5's Memories. Remember that one? Feels like it was so long ago. Top adult pop song artist, Dua Lipa. But the top adult pop song was Post Malone's Circles. On the country charts, top country overall artist was Luke Combs. Top duo or group was Dan and Shay. Top female artist, Marin Morris. Top male artist, Luke Combs. Top new artist, Gabby Barrett. Top country album artist, Luke Combs, who also had the top country album of 2020 with What You See Is What You Get. 
top country songs artist was Luke Combs, but the top country song itself was Gabby Barrett's I Hope. Top streaming song artist was Morgan Wallen, but top country streaming song was Gabby Barrett's I Hope. Top country digital sales song artist was Luke Combs, but, yep, you know what I'm going to say, top country digital sales song was Gabby Barrett's I Hope. On the rock charts, top rock overall artist was Panic at the Disco. Top new artist was Biba Doobie. Top song, rock song artist, that is, is Taylor Swift. However, the top rock song was 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top rock album artists were the Beatles, but once again, top rock album, Queen's Greatest Hits. Top rock streaming song artist was Imagine Dragons, but the top rock streaming song was, actually it was still Imagine Dragons, it was Believer, a song that's actually been out for God knows how long now. The top rock digital sales song artist was, strangely enough, Fleetwood Mac. You can thank the Dreams TikTok phenomenon for that one. The top digital sales song, though, in the rock category was AJR's Bang. The top mainstream rock song artist was Five Finger Death Punch. The top mainstream rock song, Five Finger Death Punch, with a little bit off. Top hard rock album artist was Queen. Top hard rock album, Queen. Greatest hits. And the top hard rock digital sales song of 2020 was Falling in Reverse with Popular Monster. On the alternative charts, the top alternative song artists were 21 Pilots. They also had the top alternative song of 2020 with Levels of Concern. A top alternative album artist was Billie Eilish, but the top alternative album of the year was Taylor Swift's Folklore. Top alternative adult alternative song artist was the Black Pumas. The top adult alternative song, though, was Bacar with Helen Back. Top rap artist of 2020 was Juice World, who was also the top male artist. Top duo or group were Jack Boys. Top female artist, Megan The Stallion. Top rap song artist, Roddy Rich, who also had the top rap song with The Box. Top rap album artist was Post Malone, who also had the top rap album, which was Hollywood's Bleeding. Top rap streaming song artist was Roddy Rich, who also had the top rap streaming song with The Box. Top rap digital sales song artist was Megan The Stallion, and top rap digital sales song was Megan The Stallion's Savage. Strange, Bacardi B with WAP was not on there. Very strange. I had figured that it would have been huge. Anyway, moving on. Billboard's R&B charts, top R&B artist, The Weeknd, top R&B song, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, top R&B album artist, The Weeknd, top R&B album, The Weeknd's After Hours, top R&B streaming song artist, The Weeknd, top R&B streaming song, The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, Repeat that, only it's the digital sales song artist and the top digital sales song in the R&B category. 
the weekend had himself quite a year. Unfortunately, the Grammy said, no, he didn't. That's a shame, truth be told. On the adult R&B artist chart, number one was Charlie Wilson. However, the top adult R&B song on Billboard for 2020 was Chris Brown and Drake's No Guidance. The top mainstream R&B rap song artist was Roddy Rich. The top mainstream R&B rap song was Roddy Rich, but it's not what you expected. It's not the box. It's the one with mustard called High Fashion. On the Latin charts, top Latin artist, Bad Bunny. Top duo or group, Eslebon Armando, or Armado, I should say. Top female artist, Carol G. Bad Bunny was the top male artist. Top new artist was Nathaniel Cano. Top Latin song artist, top Latin album artist, top Latin streaming song artist, all the same guy, Bad Bunny. However, top Latin song was Black Eyed Peas and J Balvin's Ritmo, Bad Boys for Life, which also happened to be the top digital sales song. Top digital sales song artist, though, was J Balvin. As far as the top Latin album, Bad Bunny got that one too. It was Y H L Q M D L G. And he also got the top Latin streaming song with Vete. Selena, by the way, owned the top Latin pop albums artist and the Latin pop album with her greatest hits album called Ones. Top Canadian artist was The Weeknd. Top Canadian song was Tones and Eyes, Dance Monkey, which also happened to be the top Canadian digital sales song. And the top Canadian album was Post Malone's Hollywood's Bleeding. Normally, you would hear me talk about the rest of the world with Billboard, including the global artists and whatnot. They didn't do a 2020 list for any of those charts. Go figure. However, Hits did a song revenue chart number one. Actually, they did a top 20. Roddy Rich's The Box was the biggest money-making song of 2020, according to them. And this is uh, British, actually, not American. So in Great Britain, Roddy Rich's The Box made $6,272,797 U.S. dollars. Weekly sales revenue was $164,997 with streaming revenue of six million one hundred and seven thousand eight hundred US dollars. And according to Metacritic, these ten albums made the most critics top ten year ending lists. And we'll do them in backwards order. Number ten, Untitled Rise by Salt. Number nine, Set My House on My Heart on Fire Immediately by Perfume Genius. Number eight, St. Cloud by Waxatachi. Number seven, Rough and Rowdy Ways by Bob Dylan. Number six, Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Number five, Untitled Black Is by Salt. Number four, Folklore by Taylor Swift. Number three, 
RTJ4 by Run the Jewels, number two, Punisher by Phoebe Bridgers, and the number one best-reviewed album of 2020, Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters. As I mentioned earlier, 2020 was the deadliest year for Americans since the 1918 pandemic with over 3 million people who passed away. The impact was also felt in the music industry with a lot of deaths that weren't even COVID-related. In fact, 2020's In Memoriam section is so large that in order to do these people justice and to pay tribute to their amazing lives, and the impact that they had on ours, we had to split the section up into three parts. The part that we'll do on this podcast will be a tribute to all of those artists who we lost to the COVID-19 pandemic. On Wednesday and Thursday, January 6th and 7th, we're doing two separate podcasts called the Music History Today in Memoriam podcast, where we pay tribute to those who we lost through means other than COVID-19. The COVID-19 virus claimed the life of its first music celebrity back in late March. New Orleans bounce DJ and radio host Black and Mild passed away from the disease. He had no underlying health issues and was 47 or 44 years old. Rest in peace to Manu Dibango. Manu was an African jazz saxophonist who helped kickstart the world music trend with his song Soul Makasa. That song's catchphrase was changed up and became the catchphrase for Michael Jackson's classic song, Wanna Be Startin' Something, from the Thrillers album, and then was copied by tons of other artists such as Will Smith and Rihanna. Manu sued Jackson for copyright infringement and settled out of court with him. Just in case you're wondering what that catchphrase was, it was Mama Say Mama Sa Mama Kusa. That was his. Manu passed away at the age of 86. Rest in peace to Cy Tucker. Cy was a Liverpool musician who performed in the 1960s with, among others, the Beatles. Cy passed away at the age of 76. Ellis Marsalis passed away as well. Ellis was an extremely influential jazz pianist and teacher in New Orleans. He was also the father to influential jazz artists and brothers, Winton and Branford Marsalis. Ellis Marsalis had pneumonia when he passed away. It is suspected that it was COVID-related and not just simply from pneumonia. 
Ellis Marsalis was 85 years old. Also, just to state for the record, at the beginning of the virus pandemic, when people passed away in January, February, March, even into April and even into May, Sometimes their cause of death was related as pneumonia or the flu, when in fact it was more than likely COVID. At that time, remember, the testing for COVID was not really going on, especially with people who had passed away. Everybody had just simply assumed that it was pneumonia or the flu, when in fact it was actually COVID. Ellis Marsalis was one of those They were originally thinking that it was simply pneumonia. Turns out it was from COVID. Moving on. Rest in peace to Chris Trousdale. Chris was a singer who used to be in the group Dream Street along with Jesse McCartney. Chris Trousdale was 34 years old. Songwriter Adam Schlesinger passed away from COVID. Adam wrote the song That Thing You Do for the movie of the same name, which was Tom Hanks's directorial debut. Adam was also the basis for the group Fountains of Wayne, who had the huge hit Stacy's Mom. Adam Schlesinger was 52. Rest in peace to John Bucky Pizzarelli. John was a jazz guitar master who, along with Freddie Green, pioneered a more rhythmic style of jazz guitar that still gets played in jazz music to this day. John Bucky Pizzarelli was 94. Rest in peace to Wallace Roney. Wallace was a jazz trumpeter who played with Miles Davis. He started out his career at a young age playing for the Jazz Messengers and Philadelphia Brass. Wallace Roney was 59 years old. Rest in peace to country singer-songwriter Joe Diffie. Joe was known for honky-tonk singles such as Home, Pickup Man, and Honky Tonk Attitude. Joe was also a member of the Grand Ole Opry for over 25 years. Joe Diffie was 61. Rest in peace to Alan Merrill. Alan was part of the band called The Arrows. You may not know him or the band, but you definitely know the song he wrote, I Love Rock and Roll was written by Allen and recorded by the Arrows in 1975. In 1982, Joan Jett and the Blackhearts did a cover of the song, and it became not only a huge hit, but also Joan Jett's signature song. Allen Merrill was 69 years old. Rest in peace to Christina Monet Palassi. Performing under her first name only, Christina, was an 80s singer who made a name for herself as a new wave singer for the ZE record label. She worked with producers such as Don Was of Was Not Was, or Was Not Was. She was also a singer with Kid Creole and the Coconuts. Christina Monet Palassi was 67. Rest in peace to Orlando Puerta. Orlando was a a dance music veteran who started out as a promoter for the main underground dance parties in Los Angeles back in the 1990s. He then worked in the promotions and marketing departments for, among others, Warner Brothers Records. 
While at Warner Brothers, he helped to move the careers of Madonna, Depeche Mode, Seal, New Order, and it was he whose marketing helped to push Cher's classic dance track, Believe, to number one on both the dance and pop charts. Orlando Puerta was 55. Rest in peace to Neil Lasher. Neil was a label and music publishing executive who was VP of Promotions, Marketing, and Artist Relations for EMI Music Publishing, along with also working with Sony slash ATV Music Publishing. Neil Lasher was 73. Rest in peace to Hal Wilmer. Hal was best known for producing all of the uh, music for the sketches for Saturday Night Live. He was also the producer for the scores of such films as Talladega Nights, Gangs of New York, and Finding Forrester. Hal Wilner was 64. Rest in peace to the legendary John Prine. John started out in the Chicago folk music scene, depending on whose story you go with. He was discovered either by Chris Christopherson or Chicago film critic Roger Ebert. John was known for being one of the most influential songwriters of his era, having been a favorite of noted songwriters Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan. In his lifetime, John recorded 18 albums. His highest charting album was 2018's The Tree of Forgiveness. He was nominated to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame a couple of years but he did not make the final list, at least as of yet. He won six Americana Music Awards, including Artist, Song, and Album of the Year. He was nominated for 12 Grammy Awards, all of them in the Folk and Americana categories. He won three of those Grammys, including a Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's ceremony, this year being 2020. John was also the first singer-songwriter to perform at the Library of Congress. John Prine was 73 years old. Rest in peace to Matthew Seligman. Matthew played bass for David Bowie during Bowie's Live Aid performance and was also a founding member of the band's Bruce Woolley and the Camera Club. The Camera Club also had Thomas Dolby, who had the huge hit song She Blinded Me With Science back in the early 80s. Matthew Seligman was 64. Rest in peace to Fred the Godson Thomas. Fred the Godson was a South Bronx rapper who was on XXL's magazine's MCs to Watch list. His 2012 mixtape, City of God, included cameos by Raekwon and Pusha T. Fred the Godson Thomas was 35. And rest in peace to Darian Arians. Darian was a radio programmer for numerous radio stations, including WLNK 107.9 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Darian Arians was 52 years old.
Continuing on with our in memoriam section for people who passed away from COVID-19, rest in peace to Julia Craik. Julia was the managing director of Premises Studios in London, where albums by artists such as Amy Winehouse, Ben E. King, Rihanna, and Arctic Monkeys were recorded. Julia Craik's age was not released, although she had been the director of the studios for the past 24 years. Rest in peace to Jean Shea. Jean was a folk music DJ for various Philadelphia radio stations and was inducted into the Philadelphia Music Alliance Walk of Fame. Jean Shea was 85. Rest in peace to Troy Sneed. Troy was a Grammy Award-nominated gospel singer and arranger. He had seven albums, hit number one on the Billboard Gospel Albums Chart, and five top ten singles on the Billboard Gospel Singles Chart. He also arranged the music for Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington's 1996 film, The Preacher's Wife. Troy Sneed was 52. Rest in peace to Oscar Chavez. Oscar was one of Mexico's best-known protest singers who sang about political corruption and greed. Oscar Chavez was 85 years old. Rest in peace to Dave Greenfield. Dave was the keyboardist for the British punk band The Stranglers. Dave wrote the group's best-known song, 1981's Golden Brown. Dave Greenfield was 71. Rest in peace to British-Nigerian rapper Ty. Ty was influential in Great Britain in bridging British hip-hop and grime. Ty was 47. Rest in peace to Jack Nelson. Jack was a manager who handled the careers of some major acts in the 1970s and 80s, including Chaka Khan and Jeffrey Osborne. He was also Queens' first manager. Jack actually had passed away on April 27th, but the death wasn't announced until later in the year. Jack Nelson was 77. Rest in peace to Nick Cordero. Nick was a Broadway actor and singer who was in the musicals Waitress, Rock of Ages, and A Bronx Tale, the musical. Nick was in Los Angeles starring in the Road Tour production of Rock of Ages when he contracted COVID-19, a disease that he fought a very public and horrible battle with, including having a leg amputated and having holes in his lungs before the disease finally claimed his life after 95 days. And what a heroic battle it was. Nick Cordero was 41. Rest in peace to Trini Lopez. Trini was a Grammy-winning 60s singer whose biggest hits included a cover version of If I Had a Hammer, Lemon Tree, I'm Coming Home, Sally Was a Good Old Girl. He was also an actor appearing in the movie The Dirty Dozen, and he designed guitars for Gibsons that are now considered collector items. Trini Lopez was 83. Rest in peace to Bill Mack. Bill was a radio host for the country road shows in Fort Worth, Texas. He also wrote the song that made Leanne Rimes famous, Blue, for which he won a Grammy Award for Best Country Song and was nominated for Song of the Year. 
Bill Mack was 91. Rest in peace to Rick Cohen. Rick was a longtime music distribution executive working for and mentoring employees of WEA and BMG Distribution. Rick Cohen was 77 years old. Rest in peace to William Purcell. William was a Grammy-nominated composer and pianist who wrote the song Our Winter Love, which was one of the biggest-selling songs of 1963. William Purcell was 94. Rest in peace to Bruce Williamson. Bruce was the former lead singer of The Temptations from 2006 to 2015. Bruce Williamson was 49. Rest in peace to Toots Hibbert. Toots was a renowned ska and roots reggae singer whose biggest hits were Bam Bam Pomps and Pride, Sweet and Dandy, and 54 to 56. That's my number. His group, Toots and the Mytels, won a reggae Grammy Award in 2005. His cause of death was not officially announced, however, he had been put in a medically induced coma and was on a ventilator for some time, which does sound an awful lot like the disease that we're actually talking about right now. As a matter of fact, it was confirmed towards the end that he did indeed have COVID-19. Toots Hibbert was 77 Rest in peace to Tommy DeVito. Tommy was a founding member of the Four Seasons who had hits like Can't Take My Eyes Off of You and Oh What a Night, among many, many, many others. Tommy DeVito was 92. Rest in peace to country music superstar Charlie Pride. Charlie Pride was born in 1934 in Sledge, Mississippi to former sharecroppers. When he was younger, he developed great pitching skills and decided that he wanted to follow in his brother Mac Pride Jr.'s footsteps and become a baseball player. He started out playing in the Negro Leagues and even made it into the New York Yankees minor league farm system before an injury affected his pitching. From there, Charlie ended up playing minor league baseball in the Midwest, especially Wisconsin. During one brief team stint, both he and another player were actually traded to another team for a tour bus. Yes, that actually happened. Charlie was beginning to make headway with baseball until Uncle Sam and the draft came calling. He did two years in the United States Army from 1956 to 58, then went back to playing baseball. Charlie played for a while for a team in Helena, Montana, called the East Helena Smelterites. While he played for the team, he also worked at the local smelting plant, hence the name Smelterites. Someone overheard Charlie singing one day and suggested that he sing to warm up the crowd before the baseball games. In those days, he got paid $10 per game and $10 per singing gig before the game, so it was pretty easy to say yes to that. Soon, he was also singing around the Midwest. He decided to make music his sole focus, so he went around playing gigs and shopping around a demo tape. One demo tape made its way to country music legend Chet Atkins. Chet started out in the 1940s and 50s with hit after hit to show for it, 
After some time, he also became a record producer and executive for RCA Nashville. Chet was one of the originators of what became known as the Nashville Sound, which took the fiddle and steel guitar out of country music, thereby making country music more accessible to mainstream America at the time. Chet heard Charlie's demo tape and got Charlie a recording contract with RCA. Charlie's third single, Just Between You and Me, became his first big hit and even got him a Grammy Award nomination. That started what became an amazing run on the Billboard country charts. In the first five years of his singing career, Charlie had eight number one country singles with songs like I'm Just Me, Kiss an Angel Good Morning, I'd Rather Love You, and many others. In 1969, he put out his first Greatest Hits album, and even that sold over a million copies and went to number one on the country charts. Over the next three decades, Charlie sold over 70 million albums, which made him second on RCA's biggest-selling artist list right after the king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. He had 29 number one country hits out of 52 top 10 country hits. He had nine studio albums and two greatest hits albums go to number one. He was the second African-American artist to perform at the Grand Ole Opry and was one of its three African-American members currently, along with harmonica player DeFord Bailey and Darius Rucker, who is now a solo country music star after years fronting Hootie and the Blowfish, although he was doing a reunion tour with Hootie before COVID actually started messing up that stuff. Charlie also became an entrepreneur, becoming, among other things, part owner of the Texas Rangers baseball team. Charlie won four Grammy Awards, including a Lifetime Achievement Award. He won a the Country Music Association Entertainer of the Year Award and twice won Male Vocalist of the Year. All of this while being an African-American in a genre that has been, let's just say, less than polite when it comes to African-Americans. Charlie Pride was 86 years old. And last but certainly not least, rest in peace to Armando Manzanero. Armando was a legendary Mexican composer and singer who wrote over 600 songs and had them covered by artists such as Perry Como, Dionne Warwick, and Elvis Presley. Armando won a Latin Grammy Award in 2001 and a Lifetime Achievement Grammy in 2014, becoming the first Mexican artist to get the award. Armando Manzanero was 85 years old. On to the charts. For starters, 
39 Christmas songs were actually on the top 100 singles chart on Billboard this week, which breaks a record that actually has a lot to do with the way that they have decided to do Christmas songs, or at least count them on the charts from here on, which is why the number one single is, you guessed it, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. By the way, the Christmas song should stop counting either the end of this week or next week, I believe, at least as far as their chart goes. As far as Billboard's top album goes, that is Taylor Swift's Evermore. Top artist is Taylor Swift. Top social media artist is BTS. Top streaming song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Top radio song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior with Mood. Top digital sales song is BTS's Dynamite. Top sales album and current sales album and top vinyl album are all the same album. Paul McCartney with McCartney 3. Top catalog album sale is Michael Bublé's Christmas. Top independent album is the Vince Giraldi Trio with a Charlie Brown Christmas soundtrack. On the pop charts, the top pop song is Ariana Grande's Positions. Top adult contemporary song is Megan Trainer and Seth MacFarlane with White Christmas. And the top adult pop song is Ava Max's Kings and Queens. On the country charts, Carrie Underwood's My Gift is the top country album. Top country song is Gabby Barrett's I Hope. And Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree is the top country streaming song and the top country digital sales song. On the rock charts, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood is the top rock song. Paul McCartney's McCartney 3 is the top rock album. Chuck Berry's Run Rudolph Run is the top rock streaming song. Lad Baby's Don't Stop Me Eatin' is the top rock digital sales song. The top mainstream rock song is Foo Fighters with Shame Shame. Top hard rock album is Queen's Greatest Hits. Top hard rock song is ACDC's Shot in the Dark. And the top hard rock streaming song and top hard rock digital sales song is Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Christmas Eve Sarajevo 1224. On the alternative charts, top alternative song and top alternative streaming song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top alternative digital sales song is AJR's Bang. Top alternative album is Taylor Swift's Evermore. And top adult alternative song is Camp with Officer of Love. Camp is spelled C-A-A-M-P. On the rap charts, top rap song, top rap streaming song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top rap album, Eminem's Music to be Murdered by Side B. Top rap digital sales song, Megan Thee Stallion with Body. On the R&B charts, it's basically all Christmas stuff. The top R&B album, is Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas. The top R&B streaming song is Chuck Berry's Run Rudolph Run. The top R&B digital sales song is Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song. As far as the secular music goes, 
top R&B song, Chris Brown and Young Thug with Go Crazy, top adult R&B song, Kern and Tony Braxton with Live Out Your Love, top mainstream R&B rap song is Janae Aiko and Her with B.S., On the global charts, the top global song, even excluding the American numbers, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. On the Latin charts, top Latin song, Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez with Dakidi. Top Latin album, Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. Top Latin streaming song, top Latin digital sales song is Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad. And top Latin pop album is Selena's Ones. On the Canadian charts, top Canadian song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Top Canadian album is Michael Bublé's Christmas. Top Canadian digital sales song is Ed Sheeran's new one. It's called Afterglow. In Japan, the top song is King and Price with I Promise. Top K-pop song in South Korea is BTS's Dynamite. On the UK charts, Lad Baby's Don't Stop Me Eatin' is the top UK song, the top UK digital sales song, and the top Euro digital sales song. Meanwhile, the top UK album is Paul McCartney's McCartney 3. On the holiday charts, which should last only another week or so, the top holiday song, the top holiday streaming song, and the top holiday digital sales song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You, and the top holiday album is Michael Buble's Christmas. As always, the EDM charts are covered on the EDM podcast, which drops for free still at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time every Tuesday. And as always, that's 2 a.m. L.A. time. That is 4 a.m. Chicago time. That's 10 a.m. in Great Britain, at least as far as what is left of Great Britain at this particular moment. I hear Scotland is trying to leave at a certain point. Uh, Also, that's 11 a.m. in Paris and 12 p.m. in good old Moscow. God bless Moscow. Great city. On to the other charts. Apple top album is Taylor Swift's Evermore top single, AJR's Bang. The Spotify top global streaming song is Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's Dakidi. In America, the top streaming song is Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. The top UK streaming song on Spotify is Wham! with Last Christmas. On the YouTube charts, not a whole lot has changed except in the UK. In America, the top song in the top music video is still Future and Drake's Life is Good. In the UK, though, the top song and the top music video is now CJ with Whoopty. But globally, the top song is still the same. It's Renuka Panwar with 52 Gaj Ka Damen. And the top music video is Carol Carol G's Buchota. 
or Bichota, I should say. The HitsDailyDouble.com top album is Taylor Swift's Evermore. Their song Revenue Chart didn't actually do anything last week, so we will skip that until next week when they get back to it. Shazam! The top U.S. single and the top U.K. single is the same one. It is Chris Stapleton's Tennessee Whiskey. BBC One Radio's top single is High Contrast and Lows, Rhythm is Changing. BBC Two Radio's top single is Liam Gallagher's All You're Dreaming Of. On the Rolling Stone magazine charts, top song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You with 49.6 million streams. Top album is Taylor Swift's Evermore. Taylor Swift is the top streaming artist with 164.3 million streams last week. And the top trending song is Taylor Swift's Willow. As far as new releases go... We get back to them this coming week, finally. This Friday, there will be new releases from Barry Gibb, Casper Clausen, Tony Glossy, and Viagra Boys. And that is it for Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 191. Thanks for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing... Writing, narration, catering, basically everything is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, etc., etc. Look for them all under Music History Today when you search for us there. If you would like to support this podcast, our paid OnlyFans can be found at OnlyFans.com backslash Music History Today, and our Patreon can be found at Patreon.com backslash Music History Today. We are also on Twitter at Music History Day, and you can find us on YouTube and Spotify just search for us under Music History Today. Thanks for listening. Music